Today on Unleashed Cast, I talk to Don Taylor, Donald H. Taylor, the doyen of workplace learning the world over. Someone I've known in the L&D space for a very long time, and he's been running something called the Global Sentiment Survey, the GSS, which takes place at the end of every year, looking to the year ahead, to ask HR and L&D professionals what they think is going to be hot in the learning space for the coming year. So we talk about the outputs of this for 2023. There's a few obvious things in there. There's a few not so obvious things in there. A few movers and shakers and some interesting geographical variations. But I'm not going to give it all away here. You've got to listen to my conversation with Don. Here we go. How do I describe you, Don? You've had such a, a long and storied career, if you don't mind me saying, in learning and development uh, the world over. What what would you uh, describe yourself as? Because you're involved with a number of different uh, kind of organisations and things that you do. Yes, I would say that I am... An organizer, researcher, and commentator trying to help the learning and development practice become a profession. Sounds good. Perfect. I, I would also say one of one of my favorite kind of conference hosts and general uh-huh. kind of geo up of crowds that I've uh, I've seen in my <laughs> my time in L and D. Thank you um, very much. But yeah, we're here today to talk about the Global Sentiment Survey 2023. I spoke to you last year. Some sometime, probably almost a year ago, maybe a little bit longer. Um, but nevertheless, for context, can you tell me a little bit about what this is, what the GSS is all about? For sure. So the Global Sentiment Survey is, as the name suggests, a sentiment survey. It looks at how people feel about things in learning and development. It goes out worldwide. We invite people to participate through email and through social media, through a range of partners. We get... In this case, we had 4,000 people responding from 100 countries, and people choose from a list of 15 things, and they have the choice of other as well. They can choose three things from that list of 15, and the question they're answering is, what will be hot in workplace learning and development in 2023 or the next year? So it's the same format of question we've used for 10 years, and there are issues around that, which we can discuss, but it's a continuous, it's the only continuous view of the sentiment of learning and development for that we've had for such a period of time, and certainly over such a large number of people. It's, it grows each year, with 4,000 people this year. There are two other questions as well that we ask. We ask people where they are working and also what their challenges are. Those two are optional, but the obligatory question is, what's going to be hot next year? So it's very quick. 80, more than 80% of people answer it in less than two minutes. That's the kind of survey we like. But um, <laughs> before we get into the um, before we get into the, the kind of the ups and downs and the placements and all those interesting aspects mm. of it, it is important to note, I think, that this is not about what people want, is it? It's not about, you know, I want to see this happening in learning and development and HR. This is about what you think actually will happen. Well, I, 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 we have to be cautious <laughs> because... Yes, I ask people, please vote according to what you think will be hot, not what you think should be hot. But unfortunately, we can't guarantee that that's how people will vote. So I think you've got to take it with a bit of pinch of salt and say that some people will be voting for what they think is the world is going to, how the world will be. Others are voting for how they think the world should be. I think we have to be realistic about that. Yeah. I mean, nevertheless, with 4,000 people from 100 countries, it's an incredible, it's, it's an incredibly detailed snapshot, I'd say. Um, yeah, of, it is. of 
of how um, of what's going to happen in learning this year. So, uh, well, hang on a second. It's not what's going to happen in learning this year. That's a, that's an important point. Uh, I, I'd love it to be that, but it's what people think is going to be hot. Now, it's certainly what they're going to be talking about this year. I believe that some of it will reflect what they are doing this year. It's more likely to reflect what L&D will be doing two or three years down the line because the people we we get onto the survey are the people who are the early adopters and the people who are excited about the new stuff, not necessarily the early majority. The trick is to try to work out what of the things that people are talking about, which ones will be more widely adopted. Right. I will will choose my words carefully, but um, (laughs) let's – I can't – there's only one place I think I can start here, which is the rise of artificial intelligence um, from yeah. position 12 last year to position two this year. It, it clearly revolves around one particular tool. I'm interested, we, we've covered ChatGPT a lot on Unleash over the last few months, but I'm very interested in your take and also the people who's you know, your, your take on what people filling in this survey think, if you can possibly extrapolate their feelings. Yeah, absolutely. Unprecedented leap, right? For two reasons. Firstly, nothing has ever jumped up that much in the survey before. So that's why having this continuity of data is useful. Nothing's ever jumped 4.5% up the table before. Nothing's ever jumped 10 places before. In particular, nothing's ever moved that far when it's already on the way down. You have to remember the natural progress of things is to go down the survey over time because, well, things are hot and then they cease to become hot for various reasons. Perhaps because they become just a bit jaded, nobody's talking about them. Perhaps because like mobile delivery, they move into general use. So what was hot 10 years ago when mobile learning, mobile delivery topped the table is now pretty much standard delivery practice. But artificial intelligence was on the way down, and it bounced back up 4.5%. So as I say, utterly unprecedented. We know why that was. It was because ChatGPT was launched on the 30th of November 2022. The survey was launched on the 8th of December. So it was absolutely prime position to pick up on all the fuss that was around it. ChatGPT attracted 1 million users in the first five days of it being out there. The I don't think any online tool has ever attracted quite so many people in quite such a short time. And actually, you could see as the votes came in that over each day during the survey that people were getting wind of chat GPT. So at the beginning, it was lying about seventh, and then it ramped up. So it was definitely chat GPT having the effect, no question about it. All right. Um, but it's not just about chat GPT because... One other thing bounced back as well, which had been on the way down, which was learning analytics. So learning analytics only bounced up 0.4%, but still it was on the way down. And when things are on the way down, they generally keep going down. They don't, they don't miraculously turn tail. So there was a knock-on effect. Learning analytics topped the table in 2020, and artificial intelligence came second in 2019. So these are these are things which had had their day in terms of the normal patterns of the survey, they bounce back. All right. So that's the big picture. Now, do you want to talk about chat GPT or do you want to talk about artificial intelligence? Let's talk about, let's talk about the reaction to on the survey to what we're asking about, which is artificial intelligence. If you look across the work groups, it is very clear that one work group in particular 
was less enthusiastic or less concerned about chat GPT slash AI, and one was much more concerned about it. So there are essentially, we ask people to put themselves into one of six categories. Two of those categories are a vendor, and one of the categories is other. So if you blend the vendors together and you drop other, you still cover 93% of all the people who responded to that question. And if we look across those four work groups, workplace, freelancer, vendor, and education, then the group that was by far and away voting most strongly for artificial intelligence as being important this year was education at 13.8%. Now, I did not anticipate that. I thought, because I do a lot of work, hanging out with work people in workplace learning and development, I thought they're going to be all over it. But no, that was the group that voted least enthusiastically for it. And at 6.9%, it was exactly half the vote of education. Uh, that's a really, really big difference. Normally, the work groups do not vary that much. So what was going on, our education was in the forefront of the talk about ChatGPT because they were concerned about plagiarism. Oh my goodness, our methodology is based on asking people to remember stuff and repeat, I mean, this is a crude summary, asking people to remember things and then repeating it back to us in the written format, plagiarism is going to be an issue. Now, of course, there were also people saying, but it's a marvelous tool, it can help us write courses, write questions, uh, take away the administrative side of education as well. So it wasn't purely about plagiarism, but certainly that's where an awful lot of the conversation was in December and January when the survey was running. In contrast, the amount of conversation about it with workplace L&D was remarkably muted in comparison. Of course, workplace L&D was much higher with learning analytics, education, vendors, and um, the self-employed were much less concerned about learning analytics. So that was a real differentiator between the groups. Let's move on to reskilling and upskilling. So this came in at number one, uh, and it was number one last year as well. Yep. It's 12% down. Is that right? No, sorry. It it's came down number, to 12%, yeah. It came in at number one, and it was number one in 2022. It's down slightly to 12% of the vote. So it's held its position, but getting less popular. Let's talk a bit about that. How did you see that play out? Okay, so reskilling, upskilling is, is a classic case of what I call people being influenced by the wordscape, which is my invented word for the word landscape that we're in. Uh, if people talk about something enough, then you reflect it in your own writing. It's a human thing, right? And since the middle of 2019, people have been talking about reskilling and upskilling. If you look at a graph, a Google Trends graph, it picks up then and actually keeps going up. Strange enough, it, 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 even today, it is still increasing. So when I put it on the survey for the first time, reskilling, upskilling in 2021, it was still super new. And the result was that the vote was incredibly unanimous. It wasn't just that it was, it wasn't just that it was 13% across the world. It was just that there wasn't, there was hardly any part of the world which wasn't within 1% of 13%, except for South America. And in South America, Everything seems to happen differently. Uh, but anyway, uh, so there, there the vote was 9.3% for reskilling, upskilling. For them, the vote is always for collaboration, uh, collaborative and social learning. That, that's always the thing that drives uh, their interest. But the rest of the world was, was unanimous. It wasn't just the size of it. It was the unanimity of it. It was so extraordinary. Since then, this year, the vote has really dropped in terms of it, it's, it's balkanized. It's, it's gone into 
pieces across the world. So North America, 10.9% for reskilling, upskilling. Europe, including the UK, 12%. South America, still 9.3%. The, the reason why reskilling, upskilling is, is as high as it is this year is because we had from Southeast Asia, a vote of 16.1%. So a very strong vote from that part of the world kept it at 12%. Without those votes, it would have been at 11.5%. So it would have fallen down much faster this year. Uh, and I think that's what you'd expect. I, I'm, I'm looking at some correlations uh, to, to just check my suspicion. And I, I can't say for certain if this is true yet, but uh, I'm getting a sense that reskilling and upskilling is like your safety vote if you're voting on this. Now, at the moment, I ask people to choose three things. Next year, I might change the voting system, which, of course, will change everything. But I might change the system to be one, two, or three votes. Because I think at the moment, people are going to the reskilling upskilling is their safety third choice, where they say, yeah, I think these two things are important. And what else? Oh, yeah, reskilling upskilling. So I kind of think because it is so general and because it is so talked about, it is generally supported. It doesn't mean it's not real. It doesn't mean people aren't doing things they are. But it is much more generic than anything else on the table, which is actually a problem because it means that it, it, anybody with an interest in L&D will probably vote for it. So it may tell us less, in fact, than some of the other options. It's given me a lot to think about that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> no, it's good. It's great. Um, the, the next thing I had on my list was consulting more deeply with the business is at number mm. eight. Mm. From most of the conversations I've had at so many events over the years, it feels like that should be number one every time, right? Because L&D is constantly struggling, or in a lot of organizations, learning is struggling for a seat at the table, being heard, kind of aligning with the business, you know, all that kind of thing. So would you not want, in an ideal world, that to be number one? For that to be yes. hot every year? Yeah, I, I, I totally would. I totally would. But of course, I can't determine what happens with the results of the survey. However, here's the interesting thing. Um, there are two options. It's actually three. I'll come to the third one in a second. There are two options which stay resolutely in the middle of the table. I said that everything falls down over time. Everything does, with the exception of showing value and consulting more deeply with the business. So everything falls over time apart from those two. And I'm going back eight years when I look at that data. So, okay, eight years ago, they were slightly higher, but then they wobbled a bit. 2019, five years ago, they are both within 5 and 6%. Now, 2023, they are both within 6 and 7%. So there's actually a slight increase over those five years. And they are within quite a tight margin, right in the middle of the table. And what this tells me is that there are there is probably a group of people who answer the survey each year and a proportion of people within the new people who join the survey each year for who agree with you john that those things should be on the table now again people are voting for what they should be for what they think should be hot not necessarily what will be hot as i say we can't predict how people will vote whatever i ask them to do and I think that shows that there is a steadfast support for this, which is slightly increasing for the idea of working more closely with the business. The other one, and I, I, I talk about those two in particular because I've got a very long, I've got eight years of data to support the idea that they are not falling down. The other one that's close to those two is um, performance support. 
I have got less, I've got five years of data than that. And they, that is actually also in the middle. And that kind of fits the same bill. But yeah, we're talking about helping people do their jobs better. And that performance support fits with consulting and showing value. So it also shows something else probably, which is that the people who support these things feel strongly enough about it to vote for it. And I'm guessing that the people who come back year after year vote for it year after year, and they don't feel it's ceasing to be hot for them. So I agree with you, John. I would love that to be number one each year. There is a core of people who agree with me and with you, and there is a slight increase. Who knows what will happen next year? Perhaps we'll edge up the table again and we'll be celebrating uh, a more mature approach to L&D. Who knows? Well, let's hope so. I mean, (laughs) there's so much we can talk about for this. Um, Actually, that's the point. That's the point. You said there's a lot we could talk about with this. There is. The survey doesn't provide answers. It provokes questions. And, you know, people who, people who jump on it and say, oh, this shows I'm right about so-and-so are, are largely wrong, actually. What they should be saying is, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Why is this? And it might be that something is like that because the data was sampled in a strange or in a way that was skewed. Fine. But if you look at the long term, you look over five years or whatever of the data, uh, I think we've got trends that are long enough that we can say, actually, we can see something happening here. And I want to know why. And that, for me, is a great purpose with the survey. Yeah, it's, it's not called the Global Confirmation Bias Survey. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> I've got to wrap up. I, I do want to, first of all, everyone should follow or connect with Don on LinkedIn and um, have a deeper look at the uh, results here of the Global Sentiment Survey. But just one line from your post that I'm looking at now, which kind of wrapped, uh, which, which kind of synopsized everything from this year. One line which stuck out to me was, in some ways, it's as if the pandemic never happened. Is that a good or a bad thing? Because I think, I I want to hope that every single business has taken the best aspects of what they learned in the pandemic and all that acceleration of ideas of the power of remote working, all those different aspects of organizational structure, which has improved our work lives. Hopefully we've kept that. But the things that the you know, the pandemic never happened in um, in other ways. Is it has it kind of, have we reverted to kind of the things that we've been seeing before the pandemic in terms of what people think is going to be important in uh, learning in HR? In March of 2020, I wrote that there were three things that were going to happen uh, as the pandemic played out, which was that we would adapt to the situation, we would advance at some point in the future based on what we learned. But in the middle, we had to consciously adopt new ways of working. My observation of what's happened with learning and development is that we absolutely did adapt. We worked flat out to make sure that we could shift from face-to-face to to online delivery and did as good a job as we could with that with limited resources. But we didn't do the adopt phase. We didn't consciously adopt new ways of working. And so I think we are largely stuck with the systems, some of which are great, some of which are inadequate. By systems, I mean technology and procedures for doing things when you're dealing with a pandemic. We've come out of the pandemic, and now we are working with those systems which are not optimized for for the world we're in now. And we need to, because some of them were just emergency procedures, which we're still using. Some of them aren't working right for a hybrid world. They're entirely based on 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 an online world. So... That needs to be altered. And so to an extent, the the idea that we are back to where we were beforehand is a problem. There's another problem with it. While we were desperately trying to work out how the heck to 
deal with a very complicated and difficult situation, a lot of other things were developing. AI was one of them. Three years of development of AI is an enormous amount. So where we were in 2020 compared with where we are now is chalk and cheese. You wouldn't, if you'd shown chat GPT to the world in 2020, it would have completely blown their minds. So we are so far ahead now, and we are now playing catch up on that because we've been just trying to get delivery sorted out. So I think it's overall, unfortunately, it's a bad thing because we haven't had the time because we've been so breathlessly on the treadmill trying to deliver. We haven't had the time to keep abreast of what's going on. And my concern is that artificial intelligence and what's possible with it splendid though it is, may be adopted widely elsewhere in the business in ways that learning and development should be leading the charge on, but isn't able to because it is still constrained by dealing with the problems we've always seen, particularly around budget and showing value, which the survey shows are people's main concerns at the moment. Or the, or sorry, the survey shows that those concerns have risen most in comparison with last year. People are concerned about um, making sure they have uh, the secure budget to do what they need to do, not that they are taking a strategic initiative using these great new tools to support the business. Seems like a good way to finish. Um, <laughs> can we predict what's going to be hot in 2024? Or should we leave uh, this to next year's podcast? You know what? Like, we should leave it to next year's podcast. But, if, you know, everybody wants to predict, don't they? So let's give it a go. I think reskilling and upskilling will be toppled from its perch. That's a dangerous thing, but I'm going to predict it'll be toppled from its perch and that something data-based will assume number one spot. It could be AI. It could be skills-based talent management. It could even be learning analytics. One of those could go to the top. Uh, and I don't know yet what I'm going to add as the new option for next year. I am going to take almost certainly mobile delivery off because having been number one 10 years ago, having dropped now to number 15 on the table, I think it's time to say sayonara and thank you very much for great service my model yeah fair enough it's used everywhere now isn't it it's not really remarkable in that sense um don thank you so much as always love having a little dig into the survey <laughs> this year we'll do it again in a year's time but for today thanks for talking to Unleashcast. always a delight john thank you very much for the opportunity Thanks for listening to Unleashcast today. If you made it this far, then there's a very special offer just for you. That's a discount on the entry price to our upcoming show, Unleash America, taking place at Caesars Forum on April 26th, 27th, 2023. When you get to checkout, type in the code POD10, that's POD10, and receive a 10% discount on the ticket price. There's amazing speakers at Unleash America this year. We've got Estee Lauder, we've got Coca-Cola, we've got McDonald's, Elliot Maisie speaking, Visa Card, a collection of some of the best thought leaders in the entire world, all coming together in one place, that's Caesars Forum for Unleash America this April. So, that code again, when you go to checkout, type in POD10 to receive 10% discount on the ticket price. Don't miss out, we'll see you in Vegas.